Untold Stories in Learning and Development is an all-new podcast shining a light on the learning professionals you haven't heard of. Hosted by Chief Learning Strategist at Easy Generator, Casper Spiro, each episode introduces a new learning professional to explore how they're making waves in the industry in their own ways. Join us for a new story every week. And good day. Welcome to another episode of uh, Untold Stories in Learning and Development. And today my guest is Rita Garcia. So Rita, welcome. And maybe do you want to kick off with introducing yourself? Yes, thank you, first of all, Casper, for, for asking me to join. This is a, a, a pleasure for me. Uh, so I'm, my name is Rita Garcia. I'm, I'm based in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm currently the digital learning lead at Fujitsu. Uh, what that means is that I look after the digital learning experience, our learning tech ecosystem, um, and leverage learning tech to solve business uh, problems and learning problems. Um, and I've, I've studied organizational psychologies and, uh, and I've always um, worked at L&D since I've left college. That has always been my goal, actually. <laughs> okay, yes, explain why, why has it been uh, your, your, your goal? Well, I'm, I'm a strong believer that people should be happy. Um, and in all honesty, we as adults spend most of our day in our adult lives at work. Uh, so that has a, quite a strong impact in our life. And I think that learning is a, a big contributor to, to our sense of achievement and to our growth, both personally and professionally. And I think that it's a big contributor to, to people's satisfaction and people's happiness. Okay, okay, cool. So, and, and so uh, you, you, you started working at L&D right, right after your study then? Yes, yes. I've done quite a few different things throughout my journey in L&D. Uh, I started actually as a, as a consultant, uh, and I've worked on the consultancy side for quite a long time. It was only about five or six years ago that I moved to, to the client side, and I've done a lot of things since uh, teams, restructuring and organization to, to training management to learning design, instructional design. I've fairly soon start going down the, the learning tech uh, and online learning side of things. And um, I'm a tech passionate, so I think it, I, it was good to add both to, to, to the work. Okay. And, and so, but you're now much more on the tech side of things while well, you started more on, the, on, on, on like the mind side with the psychology background. So how did you make that move? What, what is it that triggers your interest there? So, um, so it has always been very related to the learning and development side of things and always the, the psychology side of things. But what made me move into tech is where at some point in time, um, e-learning started to gain bigger importance um, as, a, as a learning approach and to, to companies in general. And because I, I am a tech passionate, it was quite a natural jump to me. And I do like to bring both to the table because especially nowadays uh, with the world as we know it and how much tech is part of our lives, there is both things that we need to consider, you know, the tech side and the behavioral side of things when people use tech and especially how they learn online and with the supports of, of learning technology. So, so that's quite a big, uh, quite a big. Yeah. Okay. So facilitating that. 
So and 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 so if you look at the whole company, the whole company of Fujitsu. So then, are 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 you working on that on a global scale, or is that like more a local thing that you are responsible for? So my uh, scope, my regional scope, is mostly Europe. Although uh, we do have increasing global projects, so I tend to do mostly Europe, but a bit of global as well. Okay. So, and if you look at uh, the world of learning, uh, so how, how long are you, is your journey now uh, lasting in, in the L&D world? Oh, so, <laughs> uh, about 16, 17 years already. Okay. So you saw quite a few developments there. So what would you rate as like the, the biggest achievement of, of corporate learning? So what is the biggest milestone that we actually achieved? Uh, me personally or? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think that uh, that that uh, from your perspective, what's the biggest uh, milestone from corporate learning? Um, well, for me, I, I think that we still have, for LD in general, I think that we still have quite a lot to do, especially when we look at the tech sides uh, of learning and, and the digital learning experience. I think that there's still a lot to to be achieved. Um, but basically, for me, I think that uh, from the moment that we started seeing L&D not so much as a push uh, approach in terms of this is what you need to do, you know, and, and seeing ourselves as a function, as the source of our knowledge. I think that when we started to break with that mindset, that's when we started to make big progress um, and starting to tackle, you know, real business problems of, of our world today really okay and and so that uh so that going from push to pull that's also uh probably connected with is it connected to something like 70 2010 in your mind uh, where uh, we were focusing on the push with the formal learning and we're now more aware that we also have like the informal learning with the knowledge sharing and the, and the, uh, the social learning is that uh, what ha actually happened in your mind uh so so yes but i think that um not only that i think that um once once we we break away or once we we broke away from that more formal training and that being you know also the 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 source of all um training at companies when we actually started to look into more of that 70-20-10 model and even other opportunities that just enable learner, people, employees to learn, I think that is actually um, where we've made a big big breakthrough and it's, it, it's giving people the tools for them to take learning into their own hands, whatever that model looks like uh, mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, so people become responsible for their own development. That's the key yeah. message there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I totally get that. So, and 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 what do you think will be the the biggest challenge of corporate learning looking ahead? So, what is the main thing we need to improve on? So, I think that at the moment, um, digital transformation and change management that comes to it is one of the biggest challenges that we we have at the moment. And especially because there is a lot of uh, reskilling and upskilling that needs to be done with companies facing digital transformation. And whoever wasn't doing it before the pandemic definitely needs to do it now. Um, and for me, the biggest difficulty is, is because we're facing this as L&D is also transforming in itself. So it's not just a transformation for the company, it's a transformation even for the 
the function of L&D in itself. And it's not just developing skills, it's, 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 it's different behaviors and different mindsets. And, and that's difficult. That's quite difficult to change. Um, so when you think about that, you, you have to plug in a change management component to all of this if you really want to, to make an impact. And that is a that is is a a big challenge from an LND perspective. It's I think this is probably as far as you could take it uh, from what LND did traditionally until very recently years. Um, so so I think that is definitely a big challenge. Um, again, especially because for LND themselves, it means a transformation for them into into how L&D works, into their own way of work, of own ways of working and, and how they solve business problems. And the other thing for me that I think it's a challenge at the moment, it's learner engagement. Uh, you know, whoever you speak to, if you ask where are their biggest blocks for learning, everyone says it's, it's time or lack of it. Um, and, and I completely take that on board it's 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 fairly well known that people's lives are are racing uh, at, uh, every day today but uh, to be honest i i think that that has always been a big question for me and a big puzzle in terms of okay, how can we actually help solve that how can we help people have time to learn but i'm i'm starting to look at it from a slightly different angle and this is very much based on hundreds of conversations that i've been having with employees in these past two years mostly which is it so everyone basically says that they do learn something every day but how they actually face learning and how they actually if we look at their learning behavior it's i'm not sure that it's time is so much the issue but it might be uh, more how they want to learn and how we as L&D actually create the opportunities for them to learn. So you have people that learn in, in, a, in completely different ways, people that learn more at the point of need uh, and those people that are always learning, that save time on their calendar and they're always looking for the next course or the next certification to do. And I think that what it seems to me that we need to meet them where they are and create the opportunities for them to learn um, according to their own learning behavior. So I'm, I think that learning engagement is definitely an issue. Definitely time is an issue, but also um, it's understanding our employees a bit better and, and creating the right opportunities for them. Okay, so yeah, just think about that because I think those two are connected. But if, if we look at the first one, the mindset, um, you already touched on that, so that's changing the mindset, so the, the change uh, 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 that you were talking about is for the L&D department itself to go from like more control environment to more facilitating role. Is that correct? Yes, but also for the, from, from the company, from the wider company. Yeah, that's what the second part of the question indeed. So also the company, the mindset, but that's like a different process of, of change in the, in the business. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so both need to happen. Yeah, and if you connect that to learning engagement, so... Uh, especially the first one, because it it does mean that the the whole view of the learning department changed toward learning, indeed much more in the facilitating role. So what you mentioned for the learning engagement, creating opportunities for learning is really different than driving a, a mandatory learning path through LMS to the learner. That and that's what you're referring to. Is that correct? Exactly. That you need to make that change. Exactly. Exactly. Because. Y- 
you'll see that there are a lot of people that are very self-sufficient in terms of their own development, in terms of their own learning. And sometimes the blocker, it's not necessarily time, it's actually how easy it is to get to learning into their own time. And I think that's where we can definitely add value. And is that then also, uh, because you were also touching on the 70-2010, that also is more in the form of an informal learning. So it's not per se a course, but something that's much more embedded into your day-to-day work. Is that also something that helps there? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And is, is that already happening at Fujitsu as you speak? Do you see that? Uh, or is that something you still have to move towards? No, I think that we are actually doing quite a lot of it. So I'm, I'm actually really proud to say that Fujitsu is it's a, a good innovator in that sense. They are not afraid to try something new in, when it comes to learning and development. Um, and we are already doing quite a lot of it. So we our goal since two or three years ago was just to enable everyone to learn. Uh, and we just want them to learn something. That's, yeah. that's the starting point. We want to create the habit of learning. Whatever they want to learn, that's fine. Okay. We want to create so Already habit. that mindset uh, in mind, basically. Exactly. exactly. Okay. And everyone has access to something that allows them to learn. Um, I think that with the second point is for us then to you know, look at the business issues that we currently have and where learning can actually help solve those issues and then start supporting people and our employees towards those those issues. But we want to make sure that the, the foundation of that learning culture, that habit of learning is there. Yeah, okay, clear. Yeah, that uh, that sounds like a great way forward indeed. And and if you look forward, so let's say three to five years from now, where, where should learning be? What is the what is the, the outlook that we have? What is the, the next thing in that period? So, you know, I, I, I think that the the biggest challenge in five years just happened two years ago (laughs) with the pandemic. To be honest, no one was really expecting that. I think that what we went through uh, as a consequence of the pandemic, I think that a lot of people were just expecting to go through that in five or 10 years time. So that was a big push, but that aside, uh, I think that the biggest change, at least that I would definitely like to see was, would be to have a, a more robust, personalized, um, and adaptive learning experience powered by data, powered by AI, that actually almost closed the circle, basically, in, in terms of this enabling employees to, to take learning into their own hands and to have learning at their fingertips. And I think that is always that is also a very good um, supportive of supporter of L&D, of the L&D function to free them to actually tackle more complex problems. Yeah. Okay. So um, that also brings us a bit of in, in the area of technology again, because uh, well, we already mentioned AI and a couple of other things. So, and that is sort of like your passion. So also the topic that we want to take a, a bit more deep dive in. So where I talk to a lot of uh, people who are still sort of implementing their first learning management system. You are a couple of steps ahead and you're thinking around learning ecosystems. So, so just as a starting point, can you explain what is a learning ecosystem? So so in the way we see it as a learning ecosystem, very much on the tech side uh, of things here. So it's all of the different pieces that actually sum up with that learning experience that actually provide a good learning experience for our employees, which at the end of the day are end users of that learning ecosystem and of that learning experience. 
And that might be your LMS. It might be all of the tools that you have to support webinars, virtual face-to-face, and et cetera. It might be your digital learning content providers. It might be your e-learning authoring tools. So it's all of, all of that suite, so to say, if you want to, to give it a simpler term. Uh, but most importantly is how all of those work together seamlessly to create a a seamless learning experience for everyone that it's on on the other side of the of the channel okay so that means it's not just like a single tool like an lms but it's a whole range of tools that sort of build that complete experience for the learner exactly. bringing that all together exactly if you, you sometimes i compare a learning ecosystem like a, a hotel uh, so if you think of a hotel, if you go in there as a, a as a guest, there is just this whole experience that you have access to. You know, the restaurant, the pool, whatever. It's just, it feels good. But what happens in the background of a hotel, it's a whole bunch of machinery that we have no idea. But it's all working together to provide that experience for you. And I think that the learning ecosystem, again, is not one single tool. It's a set of tools and mechanisms and processes that provide that good learning. And they're tied together through standards uh, that we use so they can actually communicate and exchange information. Uh, so that, that is sort of the, the, the direction there. Okay. And, and, and why should that be a set of tools that are actually work together? Or can that also be like one big solution doing the whole hotel function with everything in it? So to be honest, I, I don't think that there is just one solution that solves all of this. Uh, and personally, I'm not a big fan of that because uh, there are always there are always bigger limitations when when you look at one big solution. It's difficult for one big solution to to solve it all. And if actually we look at the tech markets outside of L and D, there isn't a big tendency to work like that. If you actually pick up our mobile phones or our laptops and etc., it doesn't really Apart from the operating system, it doesn't really work like that. It's it's a, a bunch of different components that actually provide that good learning experience, that good user experience. And I think that from an L and D tech perspective, it needs to to it should work in the same way. I think it's more efficient. Okay, and does that also have to do with the dependency on a single vendor? So if you're going to one system, you are depending on that vendor, and there's also very often a vendor lock-in, or is that not really an, a consideration view? It's much more like you really believe that the separate tools can offer more value in the long run than one big solution? It's more on that sense. Yes, it's okay. more on the value side of things. Uh, there is also something that if you go to a bigger solution, that is, there, you'll see that there is always something lacking and then there is the tendency for you to adjust your culture and your realities and even your perspective on the business philosophy problems to what that solution offers and that should never be the case you know the tech should work for you not the other way around yeah 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 it should be again like the learning department facilitating learning and not dictating or exactly either and sometimes even hindering learning okay now i understand that and if you look at that learning ecosystem so the whole bunch of tools working together creating that that great learning experience uh, for the learner um can you you already mentioned a few elements, but can you sort of walk us through this? What kind of components do you need there? Are there specific things there, or is it just a random mix of tools different for every company? I think it really depends on the company, uh, and it really depends on the needs of the company. So what works for, for one doesn't necessarily need to work for the other, I think. 
you know, a, a lot of people, when they ask me, you know, do you know this LMS or do you know that LMS or this tool or that, uh, would you advise on this or that? And I think my, my question is always, it really depends on what you need. Don't go to the market, search for a tool, implement it, and then think how you can use it. It really needs to, to be the other way around. And fortunately, learning tech has improved quite a lot. Um, and I think it's it's um, it, it shouldn't be that difficult nowadays for a company to find a solution to, to their learning needs, but they need to understand what those learning needs are to begin but, but- with. To, to go back to your hotel uh, comparison, so that hotel have a couple of functions like that, the pool and the, and the bar and the, and the restaurant and the kitchen and the baths, of course, and stuff like that. So are, are there also like components like that, like men's or so every five-star hotel needs to have a restaurant and, uh, and, uh, and, and a swimming pool, for example. Is that also is a learning ecosystem that you need to have a couple of components at least in place for result tracking or for formal learning or informal learning? Or is that really always like starting from scratch if you are going to design something like that? Uh, again, I, I would I would start from scratch. I think that's the ultimate thing that I believe that everyone should have or every company should have. It's it's a good front end for the user. You know, the place where the user goes to interact with learning that's that's the staple. That needs everyone needs to have that. Otherwise, it wouldn't. That tech, that tech experience, what sits behind it might be, it might mean different things for different companies in terms of what they need. Usually, most of the companies do have an LMS. Um, that makes sense. Uh, definitely, companies that go through that need a, a digital learning uh, solution should have a way to, to gather data and be able to analyze that data because, at the end of the day, that will help them drive their own decisions and how to improve. Um, Aside from that, it really depends on on what digital learning means to that company. Okay, so the the interface to the learner and the, again the the, the interactions learner and the engagement of the learner is much more important than all the functions happening in the back. And of course, well, data is sort of the exception there. You need to have information what's happening to make your next decisions on. And for the rest, it's uh, really up to uh, the the requirements people have. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and um, so if you um, if you would be starting creating a learning ecosystem, so you're still on the place that you have like one LMS and uh, you really understand that you probably need to create a better learning experience and move forward. So what is then the starting place? Is that just adding a piece uh, uh, once at a time or do you need to sort of come up with like uh, your full requirements and a design of your ecosystem and then start implementing it? Do you have any advice on that? Well, I think if uh, for companies that are looking to to do that, I think that again they need to understand what that digital learning experience means to them and start from there. Um, I'm I'm not a, a fan of planning every single thing to 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 the most finite detail and then only start implementing. But I think that you need to understand exactly what your vision is of of that digital learning. Uh, ecosystem and that digital learning experience and then you know s- start implementing it step by step uh, okay so it's more like putting a dot on the horizon this is sort of where i want to go this is the vision and then making the first step towards that direction exactly. and then take it one step at a time exactly exactly and okay. how big that step is it might different might be different from from company to company but i think that you know 
work on it, implement it, evaluate, adjust, you know, all the approach that we are using. Yeah. So, and what I also heard in the past a lot is that uh, technology is, is limiting our learning experience. I remember that we were struggling with the CD-ROMs, but uh, because you could do only limited things, and then we were finally able to run videos there, and then we had to go on the web, and then we didn't have the bandwidth, so we lost the video again. Um, but I now hear more and more that the limitation is no longer in the technology. It's much more in what we do with it and how we handle it. Do, do you agree with that? Or do you think that there's still huge steps to be made from the technology side to, to enable learning in a different way? Uh, so, so what do you mean precisely? Is that um, is, is it on the sense that we technology might still be having a few issues in terms of how the technology works? Or yeah, so do you think that, that, that the, the technology is a limiting factor in building like the ultimate ecosystem or is it much more uh, our mindset uh, and our knowledge of the possibilities that is the limiting uh, issue there? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, maybe a bit of both, I would say. Uh, if we're speaking about a wider learning ecosystem that involves tech and non-tech solutions. Uh, and I think that how we envision it might, might be a limitation. I think that we can, we, we should have our, our vision of what, what that learning ecosystem should look like and then also understand what's the art of the possible with what we have. Is it tech or not? Um, I think there is also, from a tech perspective, there is quite a lot that we can do. Um, I don't think I don't see that it's it's fulfilling possibly every single need, but I think that it has come a long way, especially in the learning technologies market. It has come a long, a, a very long way in a very short time, and I think that the possibilities are immense. I think it's also possibly at the moment it's more how us understanding how can we push them to the limits before taking okay. the steps. Yeah. yeah. So indeed, so uh, like you already implemented the learning system, that's something basically everybody can do because the technology is there mm -hmm. and maybe not the ultimate form and shape of it, but uh, it, it's at least good enough to build an ecosystem that will drive a better learning engagement and a different learning experience. Exactly, exactly. And then how you use it plays a very strong part of it as well. Okay, so thank you for that. Uh, I want to move to, to the last part of our conversation and it's basically a, a bit of more factual knowledge sharing. So um, do you have uh, somebody, uh, an e-learning hero or an, another hero that you think that we should uh, take a look at uh, to learn from uh, somebody that inspires you? So um, I think that someone that inspires me uh, uh, it, it's actually the, the best question on ultimate learning here. It's quite a tough one, but I, I do have a lot of people that I admire and I inspire and that, and that inspire me. Um, I would say that the first person that actually came to mind, comes to mind is um, someone that I've, has been my, was my manager for a, a period of time at Fujitsu. His name is Simon Gibson. Um, so he, for me, he's, he's, uh, an inspiration when it comes to, to L and D he's an innovator, he's a, a challenger. And I think that he's pushing, uh, the L and D function to, to be better and to be more innovative and, um, you know, keep up with the pace of everything else that is going around L and D. Uh, so, so that is something that there, there is, he's someone that always inspired me. 
Okay, so that's really someone that actually uh, helped you to get to the place where you are now and having that innovative uh, mindset and, and, and looking at, at how we can drive those those abilities from the technique into to learning. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And, and, and do you have uh, uh, an advice on a book we should read or a blog or a podcast we should read or follow that you think is really uh, interesting? So my suggestion might be a bit of, unconventional it's not an L&D book it's not a learning book uh, but it's a book that I've read a few years ago and actually shaped my thinking of how L&D could tackle some challenges uh, it's called Lean Startup it's quite a well-known book it was written by Eric Ries and again it has nothing to do with L&D but uh, what he describes in the book and the knowledge that he shares I think that we can take a lot of learnings and apply them into L&D, even into the function in itself, how you approach the what you put out there um, in terms of L&D programs, in terms of enablement, in terms of how you manage the, uh, the L&D function in itself. I think there is a lot that um, we can learn from that. And well, that's interesting because uh, from the perspective of that book and, and looking from like a startup perspective, that's really different from then being in a corporate like for you too. But you still think that that's, those lessons apply to a large company like for you too, yes? Definitely, definitely. I've okay. applied quite a lot of, of those lessons. Um, and just to give you an idea, I, I tackle a lot of the projects I have from a product management perspective in terms of it's not deploying a learning path. It's not just deploying a learning uh, initiative. It's, you know, envisioned uh, what we want to do to solve a specific problem. Go speak with the different stakeholders, including uh, the person that, or, or the group of, of people that are actually going to be the end users of that initiative and adjust to it. Because at the end of the day, if, if it's not hitting the mark with them, it's, it's not working. And I think that there is a lot of learnings that you can take from that book that will help. Think That's cool. So that will give you sort of a different perspective on your day-to-day things uh, and sort of challenge that. Uh, uh, that turns out you like challenge. You like the, your challenging manager and uh, also a book that sort of challenges the default thing. So that's uh, also part of your mindset, I gather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay, okay, interesting. Well, thank you a lot for this conversation. It was really, uh, really insightful. And uh, thanks for being part of this episode. Thank you, Casper. It was love speaking to you. This podcast is brought to you by Easy Generator, an easy to use authoring tool for subject matter experts. At Easy Generator, we want to empower employees in the business to capture and share their knowledge. How do we do it? by designing an intuitive and simple platform that anyone can use to create learning content for their organizations. To learn more, visit us at easygenerator.com.